Welcome to episode 112 of the Microsoft Cloud IT Pro Podcast, recorded live January 25, 2019. This is a show about Office 365, Azure, and the IT Pro and end user side of life, where we discuss a topic or recent news related to Office 365 or Azure and how it relates to you as an IT Pro. Today, Scott can't get enough of honey on his pizza, and then we discuss all things Azure Front Door. Hey, guess what? Good morning, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I, I can do what my kids do. Chicken butt. And then you say, and then you say what? And then I say, no, I guess what? Yeah, no. I just got a Instagram request for someone to follow me. It's exciting. It's someone that asked if I wanted free followers. Oh, nice. Yeah. Do you want free followers? I'm getting spammed on Instagram. Yeah, I find if you report those, they're actually really good about taking them down. Nice. It wasn't the podcast account, so I don't need free followers. And my Instagram account is private, so I don't want a bunch of free followers following a feed that I have <laughs> private. It just <laughs> makes no sense. Uh, Confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Asking, asking for a lot. So how have you been? Not too bad. Let's see. Kids are sick. Uh, of course, that means I'm sick. So I get my deep radio voice today. Got it. At least we're not doing this in person. So I don't catch your sickness. Yeah. If you hear me cough, just leave it in there. It's part of the charm. Coffee and tea <laughs> and honey. <laughs> no. I actually heard honey is really good for those coughs and colds. And mm, it, Honey's good with pizza, but other than honey that. Honey and pizza. Okay. Honey and pizza. Do you really right. do honey and pizza? Absolutely. So this is a life hack for you before we get into the real stuff. So when I lived in Cleveland, we used to go to this fancy hipster pizza shop in kind of one of the restaurant areas of town. They have those in Cleveland? The, Cleveland has Sorry, awesome I'm food. making fun of Cleveland. I've now, never been to Cleveland. Cleveland, like awesome people, awesome food crap weather. That's Cleveland right there for you. Probably people before food, people, food, art, and then weather. But anyway, so this pizza place, what they would do is remember like the little honey dipping cups at McDonald's, like, you know, you peel the top off. And so they would give you like a little honey cup like that with your slice of pizza. And what you were meant to do was eat your slice of pizza all the way down to the crust. And then you take the crust, which, you know, you imagine that pizza crust, it's it's crunchy, slightly salty, right? It's, it's kind of picked up all, all the effervescence of the things around it. And you dip that in the honey. And that's how you eat your pizza crust is by dipping it in honey. And once you have done this, you will never be able to eat pizza without honey again. Interesting. So is the honey better than the Papa John's garlic butter? It is light years better. I'm telling you, honey and pizza crust, and you too can live the dream. All right, and it's probably healthier for you than butter garlic dipping. Uh, Garlic's not bad for you. The butter, yeah. Well, we got to start with Papa John's in general and then, you know, avoid all of that. But get yourself a good, like, New York slice. If you're in need of a couple pizza places out here towards the beach that actually have really good, like, New York-style pizza, let me know. I'll, I'll hook you up with a couple. All right. I will have to give this a try and give it to my kids because my kids love honey. Oh, yes. They'll be in love with it. Anyways, people probably don't want to hear all about honey and pizza. We should probably figure out a cloud topic. I'm empowering the masses here. Like I said, life you hack. are. You're going to set a whole new revolution in motion with honey I, and pizza. I'm telling you, it's a thing. Yeah, I have no idea where I'm going with that. We should probably just stop before I get myself in trouble. Wow. Is it Girl Scout cookie season? I have no idea. 
<laughs> Order me some if it is. I, just, <laughs> I, I need tagalongs and the the peppermint ones, and yeah, you, you know, just give me a give me a bunch of options. I'll pay back. Yeah. Hey, it's got squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Mover is a cloud migration company that specializes in moving your company's files from file servers or cloud storage like Box, Dropbox, and Google into Office 365. Their patented technology makes Mover the fastest OneDrive file migrator in the world. Moving dozens of terabytes of data a day is a breeze. Use Mover's free, industry-leading migration guides, or ask for a managed migration and they'll take the lead. With Mover, all your data is secure and intact. Running completely behind the scenes, you don't lose time, money, or hair while you transfer. Scan, plan, migrate, report. Migrations that don't suck with Mover. Visit mover.io for more info. So, on to our topic today. We are going to dive back into Azure land. With you doing so much more Azure stuff and me still in Office 365 land, we've been pretty good, I feel like, about kind of jumping back and forth every other episode, Office 365, Azure, or even combining the two topics into a single episode, like I think last week's was half Azure, half Office 365. Today is all Azure, and it is a new service that I think going back and looking through this got announced at Ignite. Correct. Or hit so, preview at Ignite or something like that. Yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about application delivery services in Azure. And specifically, we are going to talk about Azure Front Door or AFD. So we mentioned this one very, very briefly back when it came out, but I've actually had the opportunity to play around with it a little bit in the real world. And I thought it'd be fun to kind of talk about where it sits, why you might want to think about using a service like this, and then some of the things that it can do. All right. So what is... Azure Front Door, and I just wanted to say this because we talked about it before, because this is not to be confused with some Azure backdoor where it's easy to get into Azure or you kind of sneak in the backdoor. There's no there's no Azure backdoor, right? No, no. Well, <laughs> we're just going in the front door. Only the ones that you put in place. So AFD. Our right. Azure front door service. So before we get too deep into this, I will state that it is a preview service right now. So it's out in public preview. So people can play around with it, things like that. But it does carry preview SLAs. Okay. Any estimates on GA? Have they said anything about GA speculations? Typically, the target for most product groups within Azure is to go public preview and then go from public preview to GA within six months. So let's see, we are at... Uh, Sitting right around five months then, right? Yep. Uh, so hopefully within the next month or two. And, there, and there's a couple of things like Ready coming up at Microsoft soon. So I'd imagine they'll hopefully have some some announcements and things because there's some weirdness in the service, but we'll kind of get into it. So you asked what Front Door is. So Front Door is an 
application delivery controller and a little bit of an application performance solution. So it's a layer seven virtual device. So we're talking about OSI layer seven. So application layer, HTTP, HTTPS traffic, doing session persistence, things like that. But what it does is it sits in front of your web-based applications and it uses Anycast and split TCP to route traffic from front door back to your application. So you can actually use this as a, you can think of it as a layer seven load balancer, and we'll just kind of start there. So I need to load balance something. Cool. Layer seven load balancer. And then you'll take a step back and you'll say, well, you know, if I want a layer seven load balancer, I could certainly fire up a virtual appliance and maybe I want to do like a Kemp or a Barracuda or an F5 or something like that. Or maybe I want to use a native layer seven load balancing service like Application Gateway, which, which we've talked about in the past as well. And you could certainly do those kinds of things. But one of the really cool things about Front Door is it is a global service. So all those other things, virtual appliances that you might spin up in a VM or something like an app gateway, they get deployed into a region, which means they ultimately live inside of a data center and you know they're, they're kind of pinned into a geo. Right. So if you're hitting it from Europe or something, you may still be going from Europe to North America before you would actually hit those services. Correct. And the other part with that is they're also kind of hosted in that geo. So if you think about like a geographic outage, right? Like I deployed an app gateway into South Central and South Central goes down, well, we're going to have a tough time routing traffic. So what some folks do then is they say, well, let me get out of layer seven and let me go up a layer and do DNS load balancing. So maybe you'll use something like Azure Traffic Manager and have a traffic manager profile and maybe do like performance or uh, geographic load balancing to, to push that stuff around. But then I've got to start combining all these services together. I've got to have a traffic manager, which then routes to these backend endpoints. My clients ultimately still connect to the endpoints. Are those endpoints behind security devices? What happens? So it, it can kind of run away from you pretty quickly. So what we do instead is maybe we look at something like Front Door. So it's a global service. You're going to spin it up once, and then it's just in Microsoft's global mesh. So okay. you don't, you really don't worry about kind of infrastructure or deploying it into a virtual network or anything like that. And then you take a look at your websites. So let's say, and, and let's kind of keep an example in the back of our heads. So let's say I have a website that sits in in the United States. Let's throw something in East US and let's throw something over in Europe just in uh, we'll do West Europe okay so we got East US and West Europe so now what I can do is is I can go into my front door and I can say let's create a front end host and the front end host is basically the URL that traffic is going to come into so that's going to just be whatever name you want, azurefde.net or something like that. It's, it's kind of got a, a built-in host name. Okay. So we'll go ahead and do that. And then we'll add our back, we'll create a backend pool because we need to route from that host to that backend pool, right? Makes sense. So then we'll go ahead and add our two websites in. We'll say, I have my website in Europe and my website in the US. And we'll just add those into the pool. And then I'll create a rule that says, take this host and take this backend pool 
and tie them together and maybe implement something like session affinity. So I want to make sure that when somebody hits my front door service and they are routed back to that website in East US, that they stay in East US for the duration and get themselves to where they need to be. So, you know, we kind of do just those three things. And it, it really is a next, next, next experience to go ahead and spin one of these up create a front door service, create a front end host, back end pool, rule, done. And you are instantly up and magically browsing. And the cool thing about this is because it's a layer seven service, it's doing that session affinity control. Like I get those layer seven controls in place. It's also doing DNS load balancing for me because it's a global service. So it's just kind of sitting up there and it's automatically all ready to go. So I went from what was maybe two to three services to get all that functionality into just one, one little solid service. Now, Some other cool things about this, because I'm in a single service and it is a layer seven service, now I can start to do some other things that I might have done with those other layer seven services. So let's think about something like SSL and being able to do SSL. So you can do end-to-end SSL. So I can actually deploy my own SSL certificate onto front door through Azure Key Vault. It all works with the Key Vault service to have that stuff come together. Or the other thing that I can do is I can just go into front door. I can add a custom domain because you're not limited to that azurefd.net. That wouldn't work out too well. So you just add your custom domain in and you associate that with your front end. And then it's just a checkbox. You say, I want to use a front door managed SSL certificate and you click save. And Boom, on the back end, Microsoft magically goes out. They get an SSL certificate from Digicert that matches the custom name that you have in place, and they apply it to the front end host, and they just push everything through for you. And what they're doing there is they're applying that SSL cert, and they're actually doing SSL offload or SSL termination. So you don't need to worry about kind of the connection over the back end or, or long haul or anything like that. Or you could just continue to do end-to-end SSL as well. So that's super cool to have that built into the service and just kind of ready to go. Yeah, that's really cool. As the leading global brand for enabling the Microsoft Cloud, Opsgility's global Microsoft MVP and multi-certified cloud solutions architect team has authored over 20 mock courses, the Microsoft Pressbook Implementing Azure Solutions 70-533, and numerous Microsoft Cloud Practice Playbooks for Microsoft Partners. And for a limited time, you can get your team certified in the most exciting cloud business today with a 25% discount off instructor-led training prep courses for Azure and Microsoft 365. Visit opsgility.com forward slash Microsoft Cloud to learn more. That's O-P-S-G-I-L-I-T-Y dot com forward slash Microsoft Cloud. So I'm thinking through all this and we talked about like that website in East US and a website in West Europe. This is the same website then. You're just standing up two hosts, whether they're some type of web host in those two different regions and then letting front door route that traffic accordingly based on where that end user is coming from. Correct. Yeah. 
Yep. And we push things through and it figures out the best path and the most performant thing and pushes everything every which way. So that's all kind of well and good, right? I'm getting this built-in layer seven device with geo load balancing, geo support. You know, I can do SSL termination. It also does other layer seven types of things. So if you think about something like application gateway, one of the things you can do in app gateway is spin up a web application firewall. So you can actually do some application layer security. And application gateway, you know, has its built-in cores rule sets or OWASP rule sets rather. So cores 2.2.9 and I think 2.3.0. So that's all kind of there and ready to go. But again, we're looking to kind of consolidate devices and, and maybe get down to a single service. So Front Door supports all of that as well. So you can actually go in and author uh, custom web application firewall rules and put those access controls in place. So that might be things like blocking specific client IPs. Maybe you want to block countries or you just want to look for other HTTP parameters that are coming in, right? Maybe I want to be able to protect myself from SQL injection or whatever it happens to be. The other cool thing that you can do with Front Door that you can't necessarily do with App Gateway is you can actually create custom rate limiting rules. So if you do happen to see traffic, maybe like a malicious attack from a bot network or some type of uh, DDoS attack, you can go ahead and tune that stuff to your liking as well. So it's it's all kind of a lot of that stuff today is managed with PowerShell, and and there's some custom PowerShell commandlets to get all that spun up. But it is for the most part kind of documented and ready to go. Okay, so does this include like we talked about the whole traffic routing, the locations? I can imagine that as part of this too. If you have users coming from different locations, uh, websites in different locations, it's distributed globally. Is there CDN functionality that's also part of Front Door? Is that something that's still separate from Front Door that you kind of have to configure and you still route to a different CDN, spin up a CDN service? How does that all tie in with the Front Door, Azure Front Door as well. So you've got a couple of options when it comes to content delivery networks and Azure. So there is the Azure Content Delivery Network Service, Azure Azure CDN service, which you can absolutely go ahead and spin up. And there's multiple providers in there. There's Akamai and Verizon uh, and Microsoft uh, themselves have have a CDN service. Now within Front Door, because it's doing that, it's a full blown ADC application delivery control. So yeah, it actually does have a caching component to it as well. So what you do is on the in the rules for the backend host or the rule that ties the front end to the the backend pool rather, what you can do is you can go into that rule and where you're configuring session affinity, you can turn on caching and then you can choose whether that caching is going to be based on unique URLs, like say your application uses uh, query strings. So you click something, you go over another page, it's got a query string, something like that. You can actually cache those pages or you can just cache 
static pages along the way. And then if you do that, you do get that performance boost of having all of that stuff cached within the global mesh. So basically think about like the Microsoft CDN pops or points of presence that are out there. That's effectively what you're getting within the front door service. Got it. Because Azure CDN is still a... Is that something that you deploy to a specific region? Do you have to deploy that to multiple regions or is that another global service? So you deploy the CDN service and then you deploy endpoints out and you kind of pick countries and things like that. Got it. And that can be a little bit weird in the CDN service because there's multiple, Microsoft has the CDN service wrapper effectively. And then when you deploy your CDN plans, you actually pick a provider for POPs. So you could go with Microsoft as a provider, you could go with Akamai, or you could go with Verizon. And then, you know, they all have different POPs out there and that drives performance characteristics in a couple different ways. Got it. So effectively what we're doing is we're taking front door and we're starting to consolidate all these services together. So we've pulled in load balancing, layer 7 load balancing. We've pulled in web application firewall with SSL termination and rate limiting and all those kinds of things. And we've also pulled in caching and content delivery. Right. So instead of having to worry about deploying all your content delivery and all those different endpoints and different pops, you just enable caching on this. And because it's global, it's cached all globally and those users, it'll help speed up that delivery of your application, surface that content faster because it's all cached essentially close to where a user's coming from in the front door service. Yep, absolutely. It also picks up some of the other features from the app gateway as well. So it does things like multi-site hosting. So say you hosted your images on a dedicated pool of servers, you could actually have images.contoso.com, something like that, and then you know you'd have www.contoso.com. You could have those separate backend pools and then have the routing in place, or you can actually do URL path routing as well. So maybe you did everything inside of uh, just everything inside of Contoso.com, but you wanted slash application to go to one backend pool and you wanted slash images again to go to another backend pool. You can do that as well with route matching and URL based routing, which is super nifty. Wow. Yeah, it sounds like there's a whole bunch of stuff kind of all like you said it's a whole bunch of services all wrapped into one and the azure front door service yeah it's got quite a bit going on with it so really where the sweet spot for this is going to be is you know when you think about all these multiple services out there and where you might want to gain either cost or operational efficiencies. And you would definitely gain operational efficiencies by being in a single service, but you know, cost can vary. So you might have to weigh that one out and see how it goes. But at the end of the day, it's really straightforward and it is probably one of the most next, next, next kind of setup experiences that's out there for a layer seven virtual device like this. Okay, and it looks like I was just looking through some of the documentation here too that while it's out in preview and it's been in preview for four or five months now to the public, it looks like Microsoft has been leveraging this service for several years for some of their other services for Office 365, Bing, Skype, 
Xbox. So it looks like this is a service that's actually been around for a while. They're just now making it available to the rest of us. Yeah, I think it's like most things in Azure. They kind of kick around on the back end and Microsoft builds things for themselves. And then over time, they say, well, you know, this might be really handy or helpful for consumers in the public cloud to leverage as well. So this service, while it is in public preview as kind of the consumer facing side of it, you're absolutely correct. It's been out for uh, several years and used actively within Microsoft to protect their largest web properties. You know, you mentioned Bing. So you go to bing.com. You know, you're actually hitting a local version of Bing or, the, or kind of the closest one to you. All that traffic's being routed through Front Door and the Global Mesh. Office 365 certainly is in there as well. Xbox.com, Outlook.com, all those kinds of things. So it's a kind of battle-tested service, at least the way Microsoft has been using it. And now that they're you know, bringing it over to the consumer side, they got to make it a little bit prettier, wire some of this stuff up, create UIs for it, and all the other things that come along with that. Right. And see what customers try to do that Microsoft never thought someone might try to do with it. Because <laughs> we as consumers never try to twist something to meet our own needs in a way Microsoft never envisioned, right? <laughs> there is that. So, you know, if this sounds interesting, I would certainly encourage you to go out and kick the tires and recognize that it is a preview service. So I've, I've run into a couple of things with it along the way, which the product team at Microsoft that owns this service, they're aware of and you know they've had requests from customers and they're looking to, to fix some of it. For example, I want to provision an SSL certificate and I want to use a front door managed certificate, right? Because maybe I didn't have okay. one before and I just want to do that. So that sounds like cool functionality, right? Go and just click the radio button and click save and I have an SSL certificate. So yes, that's true. But there's a little bit of a lag and actually, it's quite a bit of a lag today because Microsoft goes out and they get that cert with DigiCert. So there's actually some email, kind of automated emails flying back and forth. You know, DigiCert needs to make sure you own the domain. Microsoft needs to make sure, did you verify how to get in there? All that good kind of stuff. So it can take up to, uh, on the high end, eight hours to get an SSL certificate provisioned all the way through and pushed out to all of the various front-end hosts uh, across the global mesh. Eight hours might not be the most acceptable thing if you're looking to stand your website up right away with your custom domain, redo your DNS, all, all that kind of stuff. So in that case, don't just go out and get an SSL certificate, load it up, it'll be SNI binding, not a problem, right? You can go ahead and throw it in Key Vault, very clear directions for how to upload your certificate to Key Vault and how to give the front door service access to that certificate within the vault to push things up. And, and there's kind of all sorts of little weird things like that today. Or for something like configuring the application firewall, you might go out and take a look at that and say, yep, cool, I want to provision the WAF. And I'm used to the way that's done in App Gateway, where I can just go into the portal, or it's very well documented in the, in, in the docs on how to spin that up with CLI or the PowerShell. And then you'll come back over to this side and you'll go, I want to spin up the WAF, how do I do that? Well, uh, there's this commandlet and it's called Azure Front Door Firewall Policy and you might have to figure it out yourself because it's not exactly documented publicly right now. So there's kind of growing pains like that to get 
get into it when you're looking to customize it beyond kind of what's there in the UI today. Got it. So I'm looking through, do you want to talk about pricing a minute before yeah, yeah, we, we call we, it a wrap? Because yeah. I was looking at this and it's a little confusing. I see like the Azure front door service pricing, but then it varies across different zones. And then those zones are tied to specific geographic areas. So is it based on the traffic coming into that zone since this is a global service or how does some of this pricing work when you're looking at this pricing page? So it is outbound traffic from those zones. So those zones map to the same exact zones that are out there for virtual networks and things like that today. So, you know, if I create a, you know, I'm in zone one, I think, which is the US. If I go ahead and spin up a virtual network in zone one and I stand up a VM, you know, on a virtual machine, all the inbound is free. You pay for egress. Same thing for front door. You're only paying for egress. So the way it's charged is it's a per gigabyte charge based on the zone outbound traffic delivering it. So I've got front door, which is globally. I did that I had a website hosted in East US and West Europe. So I'm going to pay different outbound charges for those. So the way it comes down, it's, it's kind of tiered. So up to the first 10 terabytes of outbound traffic, you're going to pay one price. The next 40 terabytes, so 10 to 50 terabytes, you're going to pay another price. And then anything over 100 terabytes or 150 terabytes, there's, you know, the charge kind of drops as you deliver a little bit more on there. So uh, that's kind of the way that stuff comes through. Because the service is sitting out there in front and there's some compute and things associated with it, right? There's ultimately got to be servers that have your SSL certificate and stuff like that applied to them. Uh, There is a base charge for inbound with the service as well, but it's a flat charge globally. So it is 0.00. per gigabyte. Got it. When it comes to email, Outlook and Office 365 are fantastic. But sometimes there are things you'd like to do that aren't implemented. Sperry Software creates Outlook add-ins and Office 365 services that fill in these gaps. For instance, there are Outlook add-ins to automatically print emails and or attachments, save emails to PDF, send out recurring emails, or how about a warning when you're going to do a reply to all instead of a normal reply? Find these and many more email productivity solutions. Get started today by visiting www.sperrysoftware.com slash cloud IT. So if you had a website that theoretically was deployed worldwide across all five zones, your price would be, okay, this much traffic went out through zone one, this much traffic went out through zone two, through zone three, through zone four and five. And those would all be just added together and say, this is your price for your egress across all five zones. Okay, you got it. And then because it's in preview today, there may be a charge someday for routing rules. So that rule that ties the front-end host to a to a back-end pool, because that's where you're doing all the configuration for session affinity and caching and, and things like that. So the way it's laid out in pricing today is first five routing rules are $0, and then per additional routing rule are $0. So expectation there would be there may be like a base charge up to the first five routing rules, and then there might be another base charge per hour for additional routing rules. But Got ultimately it. it's it's not too bad, right? If you think about some of the complaints that might come together with cost on something like 
Azure Firewall, which has a per hour charge and you know, you're running like a dollar something per hour and then you're going to have your networking charges on top of that. This can be way cheaper. If I didn't like say I was just protecting websites, do I actually need Azure Firewall in place? Because if I'm just hosting everything in app service and I just want to kind of route through and, and stay paths for everything, this is a really cool way to do it. Right. And Again, the pricing isn't that bad. Again, they do have those asterisks by all of the different pricing, by the egress, the routing rules, the inbound data transfer that. It's in preview, rates are reduced, they may go up once this hits GA. But yeah, like you said, overall the pricing for this and what you get doesn't seem too bad to me, especially for some of those websites. Maybe you have some that it's not a ton of data going out. Eight cents, eight and a half cents per gig is not a bad cost. Yeah, it's pretty good. Like I got absolutely crushed by Azure Firewall in my Visual Studio subscription, you know, the one where I get like my monthly credits because yep. I was creating a demo for a customer and went through and did it and I had this environment stood up with all these VMs, which was fine, right? And you know, we can shut VMs off and turn them off to save money things like that. But I had to have this firewall running the whole time because I didn't want to keep you know, destroying it and creating it, destroying it and creating it. So I had this environment up for like four days. Well, a buck something an hour, 24 bucks a day, all of a sudden, you know, I go through four days, I've burned through half my MSDN credits for the month just to get it up and running. So, so this one's a little bit less heavy when it comes to that. I'm kind of complaining about pricing there in, in the sense of, you know, I'm not an enterprise customer for that one. I'm just doing it in my MSDN account, so it can run away from me a little bit. But I think if you're an enterprise customer and look at something like the firewall service, you know, there's ways to rationalize that cost, especially when you consider maybe deploying like a third party virtual appliance, like a Palo Alto or an F5 or something like that. Exactly. All right. Well, thanks, Scott. That was educational for me as well, because I have not looked at this Azure front door service yet. So another good discussion, good topic, and we'll come up with one for next week. And if anybody has any ideas, again, let us know. We always love getting topics, getting questions about what people want to hear about. Gives us a chance to go look at it, figure it out, and give you guys another good episode. Ben monitors that mailbox. He loves to hear from all of you. Send him lots of emails. Yes, lots of emails with (laughs) random distractions about links that I'll just go read and go down those rabbit holes chasing squirrels <laughs> down rabbit holes I don't know I should probably go work before I say something I'm going to regret or we'll have right. to edit out well, I'll, I'll let you get to work alright sounds good we'll talk to you later Scott alright thanks Ben yep bye bye if you enjoyed the podcast go leave us a 5 star rating in iTunes it helps to get the word out so more IT pros can learn about Office 365 and Azure If you have any questions you want us to address on the show or feedback about the show, feel free to reach out via our website, Twitter, or Facebook. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.